What's going on, everybody, and welcome into another edition of B Shafe Daily. The date is Friday, March 5th, and we've got to do it. We've got to talk about that Cardinals game from last night. Night game down in West Palm Beach, Florida, at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Cardinals, Houston Astros, and for the second day in a row, it ends up being that the Grapefruit League game for St. Louis looks more like a football score. Not a favorable one for the Cardinals. 14 nothing. they get blanked by the Houston Astros, Texans, take it however you want. A couple of touchdowns put on the Cardinals last night in that game, and so since it was a night game, I figured we'll roll the podcast this morning. Probably during the season, what will end up happening a lot of the times is you'll be able to check out the podcast hopefully in the morning after games. Uh, I'll either record them early in the a.m. or do them late at night. But obviously the schedule will be different because a lot of the games during the regular season are 6.45 or 7 p.m. And so they won't get over till about midnight. Down here in spring training, it's been easy most of the time to release the podcasts in the afternoons and evenings. And then if you take 12 hours or whatever to listen to it, Still no big deal. Going to be a little bit of a shift when the season comes around, but I am sure we will establish a rhythm and figure out what that looks like. But for now, let's talk about it. Uh, Not really anything to, to write home about from an offensive perspective for the Cardinals on Thursday. And the game wasn't on TV, so you probably didn't get a chance to watch it. I think Friday is supposed to be the same thing, where all these spring training games are not always broadcast and so you know hopefully Friday though you actually miss a little bit more by not getting to see it because the Cardinals are a little bit more competitive on Thursday they weren't offensively just three hits and you had some of the regulars participating for multiple at-bats Carpenter 0 for 3 three strikeouts Goldschmidt 0 for 3 with a strikeout Molina had a, a double but just one for three he's had a decent spring so far OPS of 929 And Tyler Heineman, his backup catcher, went one for one in his opportunities. Lane Thomas had a hit, one for two. That was it. Just three hits the entire game against Lance McCullers Jr. and company. McCullers, coming off an injury, I believe, he only pitched one inning. But the rest of the relievers for Houston got it done against the Cardinals offense. They scored 14 runs. St. Louis did the day before, so not exactly panic time, but... Certainly, when it gets to be time for the regulars to show their show their stuff a little bit more and, and have more opportunities, you you don't want to see these kinds of games very often because those are the people that are going to be participating in the lineup on a daily basis when April rolls around and you're playing actual major league games. And so uh, when you see the top of the lineup not do a whole heck of a lot, a little bit of cause for concern, but again, very early still in spring training, and so... Want to be able to see a guy like Carpenter certainly get going. Uh, he still doesn't have a batting average for the spring. And look, people on Twitter and everything, they are not going to be high on Matt Carpenter after a game like last night, understandably so. And I think it boils down to, regardless of how bad of a spring he has, or you know, maybe if he never has a batting average, that might indi- indicate that he doesn't have anything left in the tank. But if he's able to get things going just a little bit, I think that's going to be enough to give Mike Schilt reason to put him in the lineup a few times as we get going in in the early part of the regular season. And if that doesn't pan out, I think by the end of April, you're not going to see very much of him. Um, I would be surprised if the Cardinals could 
afford to have him go out there and look like he did last night for the entire month of April and not have that impact their decision-making to some extent because you have Tommy Edmond that uh, should be vying for playing time and, and quality playing time at second base. You had outfielders that, hopefully anyway, are able to get the job done. Tyler O'Neill's got to be better than he was last year. Lane Thomas is going to be pushing for playing time, trying to find where he fits in between Harrison Bader and, and Dylan Carlson. And, you know, we'll see about Justin Williams. Justin Williams had a throw last night from right field where he totally left his feet and almost sailed the throw home to catcher Yachty or Molina, but Yachty kind of took a couple of steps back and tiptoed up to to catch it. But a really strong throwing arm from Justin Williams, evidently. But where's the bat? You know, that's what the Cardinals are looking for throughout their outfield. And if all those guys don't produce and you're just running three guys out there daily that you're not too confident in, that's going to give Mike Schilt all the more reason to say, okay, Edmund to the outfield, Carpenter, we'll keep trying to get him going at second base because he's got a track record. We've seen it before. Uh, it's it's a, a lesser of five evils if, if you end up trying to you know decide who's going to be your outfield, who's going to be your second baseman if none of them are hitting. Hopefully that doesn't end up being the case, but right now you're still waiting for some of those players to emerge and, and see where the pieces are going to fit. Let's talk about the pitching, though, because that was really the storyline from yesterday. Um, take your pick. We can start with the good or the bad. There's kind of equal parts both. Uh, I think we're going to start with the good to try to have some uh, some positive energy infused here into the podcast. Alex Reyes looked tremendous yesterday. Two innings, three strikeouts, six up, six down, just blowing by guys. And the contact that he elicited was, was not anything very significant. Uh, the last batter popped out to foul territory, had a pop-up on the infield, and I think a fly ball. Uh, short outfield, if I can recall correctly. Nothing that was really very significant. And so Alex Reyes, again, that's his second outing of the spring. He pitched one nine-pitch inning, I believe. Had to have been three up, three down if he only threw nine pitches on Sunday, which was the Cardinals' first Grapefruit League game. And so, okay, he gets in there. They they probably figuring that he's going to be a bullpen piece. Uh, he throws just the one inning. Again, innings crunch is a real thing for the Cardinals this spring because they only play so many Grapefruit League games. Jack Flaherty is throwing his next game on Friday today about 3 p.m. Eastern time on the backfields uh, in at the Houston Complex, I believe. So you're not even going to really see him uh, in a Grapefruit League game again for another five days. Uh, but that's just part of the innings crunch. They're going to go with John Gant today instead to start that game, partially because Flaherty would have fa uh, been lined up to face the Nationals three times in a row. You remember last spring, Adam Wainwright faced the Mets like every time he pitched. Uh, for, for Flaherty, Mike Schultz said, wouldn't really be a big deal, but we're going to go ahead and have him go on the backfields against Houston and give him a different look, give Johnny Gant an opportunity to start a game. Gant, of course, vying for a spot in the rotation, at least in his own mind. That's what he wants to be doing. He wants the Cardinals to give him that opportunity, and I think the fact that they're allowing him to start this Grapefruit League game on Friday uh, certainly bodes something for his chances. It's it's not just where John Gant thinks he wants to be a starter and the Cardinals are totally dismissing the possibility. I think they're at least going to let him go out there and in, in that role on Friday say, okay, here's, you know, we're going to see what you can do in two innings. Alex Reyes, though, has been in a position where he threw just one inning the first time. Then, okay, they're still obviously stretching him out a little bit more than they are your standard reliever because they're letting him throw two innings yesterday. He's efficient. He's excellent. 
He doesn't allow any base runners, and he strikes out half the guys he faces. And as the spring progresses, the question kind of naturally emerges, what about Alex Reyes for the starting rotation? Like in 2016, when this guy came up, he did so as a starter. He was tremendous and lit the world on fire. And then the next three seasons, 17, 18, 19, he misses 17 with Tommy John. 18 is when he has just the one outing and and goes down with the latissimus dorsi injury after that one outing in Milwaukee. Really, I think he was already hurt coming into that start. But that ends up tanking his 2018. And last year, he had various injuries. He had you know, trouble with the fact that, pardon me, not last year, but 2019. Trouble with the fact that he was pitching down in Memphis, and then he wasn't thriving in Memphis. And I, you know, kind of lashed out some anger at some point. That hurt his hand, put him out of action for another month. Just, you know, he's he's been through all these circumstances. And finally in 2020, though it was a shortened season and a disaster for a lot of other guys, Alex Reyes really finally came into his own with health. I mean, that was the main thing, the fact that he was able to get through the season healthy. Obviously, it was a shorter season. Didn't throw all that many innings, 20 innings or so for the year. But it was a great step in the right direction for Reyes. And now he looks as good as he ever has with regard to feeling strong, looking strong, and, you know, kind of revamped his delivery a little bit, shorter arm action to the plate, pitching exclusively out of the stretch, isn't worried about going from the windup anymore. It's allowed him to simplify his delivery. And he's, you know, saying all the right things after doing all the right things. Naturally, all, all we want to ask him about last night is, hey, you want to be in the rotation? Like, how great does this feel? Uh, you know, the health questions are probably something he doesn't care to worry about answering anymore because he's heard enough of them for the last five years. And so if you're Alex Reyes, you just want to, you know, be asked about your pitching and maybe not even at all. You'd rather just not have to do maybe some of the media stuff and just go focus on what you have to do. And sure, he says he'd love to be a starter. He's been a starter. That's what he's familiar with doing uh, throughout coming up through the minors and, and when he first started out in the big leagues. And rehabbing for two years trying to get back to that point it's kind of where he was and then 2020 happened the way that it did and you know he finds a home in the bullpen and really succeeds in that role and so it's like okay maybe you know leave well enough alone and just allow him to pitch in out of of relief but you look at some of the other issues in the Cardinals rotation which we're going to talk about in a minute I wanted to start with the good and we'll get to the bad Uh, but Alex Reyes pitching innings three and four last night he was the good and he's been very good. And so could the Cardinals consider putting him in the rotation? Look, I wrote about it for KMOV yesterday. Go ahead and check that out at uh, KMOV.com slash sports. I think he's making his case to be considered in, the, in this competition. The problem is, and, and Mike Schilt a little bit alluded to it last night when we got a chance to talk to him, is going to be the innings situation, which I think is a I, – I don't agree with that being the route the Cardinals take with this because I think regardless of who you have in there – in your starting rotation, you're going to have to get creative at times. You're going to have to skip some starts for some guys at certain points. You're going to have to be very cautious, keeping everybody healthy. Maybe everybody this side of Adam Wainwright, who is a veteran and, and probably you know comfortable with his body, just going to go out and do what he does. But everybody else, you want to be a little bit cautious, I think, uh, because nobody threw 180 innings last year. Nobody did. You know, Waino threw 69, 70 innings or whatever it was, and he led the team. So if you're talking about we don't want to ramp him up, Alex Reyes, from 20 innings to 170, I get that. And and Mike Schilt kind of said 150 to 170. That wouldn't be realistic for Reyes. I understand that because he's a little bit of a different circumstance having not pitched 
really much at all in the last four years or whatever it is. You know, pitch 2019 had some innings, but not at the major league level. And, and so the arm is probably not stretched out to be able to do that. Just, you know, go from zero to 60 and suddenly throw a full workload as a major league starter. I get that, but I think because that's kind of going to be the situation for other guys too, to a lesser extent, you got to go ahead and, and let Reyes do what he can do. If he can do this role, there is no reason for the Cardinals to hold him back, even if it messes up their, you know, the pretty pitching plan for having five guys who are conditioned to go 180 innings and take the ball six, seven innings every time they hit the mound. Uh, because of the fact that it, that's not really going to be the case anyway, I don't think. You're going to have to be a little creative with how you do it in 2021 because of the pandemic in 2020, shortening the season to 60 games and, in the case of St. Louis, 58 games. I I am not in a position where at 26 years old for Alex Reyes, I'm willing to say, yeah, they can you know bring him along slowly. They, got it. they should find ways to get his innings up. It might not be 150, but if it's 100, if it's 95... Like I and we've played this game in the past with Reyes before, and it ended up being fruitless. Every spring, we're talking about, well, what could he do innings wise this year? And maybe, you know, th- those those conversations and questions were a lot of wasted time because the injuries and in different circumstances didn't allow for Reyes to be able to to flourish in the the number of innings that you would have hoped. But I don't think that means you should just pigeonhole him for the rest of his career as a 26 year old pitcher to being a 50, 60 inning guy. Uh, just a, a standard reliever who you know makes a bunch of appearances three times a week and ends up you know coming into seventy games and and that's it you know and and those guys are valuable and they they have their purpose and Alex Reyes could be really good in that job but I think he also there's still time for him to show that he can fulfill the promise that he had as a prospect and I would like for the Cardinals to give him that chance especially if he continues earning it right like if he you throw him two innings okay next time out throw him three like do whatever all the other starters are doing and give him the chance to show that he can't do it. As much as you'd like to protect him and coddle him and say, well, you know, something from Alex Reyes is better than nothing from him. And that's what I said last year. And, and at times this offseason, I wondered if that might be the case. But now that we're here and we're seeing what he's doing, and he's been really efficient, like that's the thing. Stressful innings on the arm. That's what you want to avoid, especially for a guy with an injury history. The, Alex Reyes, nothing has been stressful about his first two outings. And so I'm not saying, yeah, he's, you know, you got to put him in the rotation. I'm saying continue to progress him along the path that would allow for him on April 1st to be built up enough to where you could make that decision if that was a decision that you wanted to make. I think he deserves every chance to continue going along this path. Like, you're not going to start working him backwards now that he's, you know, continuing to to do well with every opportunity you give him. You're not going to suddenly turn around and say, okay, but because he's going to be in the bullpen, we're going to start end of March, giving him one inning stints. I say let him eat. Like Continue to let him do what he does because he feels good, he looks good, and this could be this could be a huge you know opportunity for the Cardinals to, to add a, a bona fide stud to your rotation. Like If he's healthy, where does he fall in terms of quality of starters? Behind Jack Flaherty, Adam Wainwright, like right there at number two, number three? As far as the arm talent, there's no question he's right up there alongside any of those guys. So I would be interested to see what the Cardinals allow him to do as the rest of the spring progresses. Elsewhere, positives from the pitching side for the Cardinals yesterday on Thursday. Ryan Helsley pitched uh, one of the later innings in the game, obviously not against Major League guys, but had three strikeouts, striking out the side, giving up just one walk. And that's about it as far as positive. Gallegos got rocked. Uh, Genesis Cabrera had one inning uh, and then was able to kind of get out of things, but gave up two runs, ultimately two walks. 
and didn't finish his second inning of work as he was scheduled to have done. Uh, so just not really a, a great all-around day for the pitching. How could it possibly be when you give up 14 runs? But let's get into really what I consider the meat of the negative, and that's Carlos Martinez from yesterday. It was bad, folks. I mean, it just did not look good. He was kind of all over the place in the first inning after getting the start in the game, uh, giving up a couple of walks, throwing a ball into center field on an error, w- plenty of pitches that were, you know, didn't contribute to walks, just weren't really particularly competitive or close, uh, gave up hits. Ends up, though, that in that first inning after he gives up, you know, I guess he's on the board for multiple runs. They take him out of the game. Ultimately, Houston gets five in the first inning, and Martinez ends up being charged for all of them, uh, but he wasn't on the field for all of them necessarily because he got pulled in the first inning, which is the same thing that happened to Kwon Young Kim the day before, and similar to Kwon Young Kim coming out for the second inning. That's something that's allowed to happen, so Mike Schilt bringing Carlos Martinez back into the game for the second inning. In the post-game zooms, the conversation surrounded the fact that Carlos Martinez was much better for that second inning. Uh, he didn't record any outs, but I, you know, I guess he was closer to the plate. You know, he had a four, or a, pardon me, a, not a four pitch, but a full count walk to Jose Altuve. I actually grabbed a little bit of video of that and put it on Twitter. Um, but you know, some of the pitches were close, getting squeezed a little bit, maybe so competitive at bat, but still ends up walking the guy and then gives up two more hits before leaving the game. The only out that he does record in that inning was because Lane Thomas hosed the guy at the plate on the third base hit. I think he got Michael Brantley trying to score from second. And so three batters faced, no outs recorded other than a put out by one of your outfielders in the line on him for the day. It's wrong again on MLB.com. They're not going to be able to put it accurately when you start taking guys out and bringing them back in. And then they roll over the inning, by the way, in the second. He wasn't removed from the inning. They just said, okay, we're done. After three batters, uh, technically one out, but nobody that he was able to actually retire at the plate. So officially, or unofficially, however you want to look at it, one inning pitched is what Carlos Martinez had. He got two outs in the first. He got technically one out in the the second inning for one inning. He gave up six earned runs, four hits, three walks, had a wild pitch, had a throw into center field. It just it was not the day you wanted to see from him after some positive momentum that he had had earlier in camp. You remember – perhaps some of uh, the media folks talking about it last weekend when he was getting the chance to pitch at Roger Dean, like in the stadium for live batting practice, he was mowing guys down. Yesterday was a totally different story. Uh, The inconsistencies for Martinez has been part of the issue over the years for him. He does say he's in a good spot physically right now, which has not always been the case. So I, I feel like you can take that as some sort of a positive. But obviously, whether it's Carlos or any of these other starters, You've got to eventually see them thrive and perform in their roles to be able to have any level of confidence that when the regular season begins, they're going to be able to do it. So hopefully for the Cardinals, the second round turn through the starting rotation will be much more productive than the first, but it's going to have a little bit of a different look once again because Flaherty will be going on the backfields about 3 p.m. on Friday, Eastern Time. Uh, John Gant, I believe the game's around 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Central tonight know that it's even on radio. I know for certain that it's not on television, so I might try to strategically maybe take a little bit of video tonight. I was regretful that I didn't get any Alex Reyes yesterday, but I know that, you know, when there's actual games going on, you're not, you know, media people are not supposed to record 
you know, live live feed of the games or anything like that because they've got television contracts for that. But you know what? They don't have these games on TV. So we'll see if I can't get a little bit of interesting video or something for Cardinals fans because I, I know that fans, all they want to do is get to see their team. So it's kind of a bummer that in spring training they often can't do that. Maybe, you know, there will be a point in time where whether it's just like a live stream on the team's website. I know the Nationals are doing that for some of their games uh, coming up. I don't think they are for tonight's game on the on Friday the 5th, but like a game later on next week, I believe the Cardinals play the Nationals. Should be able to watch that one at nationals.com from some of the research that I've been doing, but not totally up to speed on you know what the, the television and, and broadcast situations are because I don't work for our KMOX. I don't work for Fox Sports Midwest, so I, I can't tell you the ins and outs of why they choose the games that they do or whatever. But I know for fans, hopefully, you know, I appreciate you guys for listening to the podcast for one. It hopefully gives you a little bit of insight into the stuff that you missed down here at spring training uh, when the games aren't televised. And read the stories at KMOV.com. That ap- that helps me a big deal um, to be able to, to you know, put that information out for y'all and then know that it's being read and, uh, you know, you're getting something out of it. So appreciate you guys for sticking along the ride for the podcast and everything uh, as far as the spring goes. But when the regular season begins, then we're going to be getting into the analysis of the team as the season goes along. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure to subscribe to the pod if you've not done so already. It's B-Shape Daily. Anywhere you want to find us, you're probably going to be successful doing so. Apple Podcasts has it. Google Podcasts. Spotify is another place uh, really popular to be able to find the podcast. And if uh, none of those options work for you, head to anchor.fm slash bshafer12. You can listen right on Anchor. That's where it the podcast is produced and disseminated. Uh, but beyond that, they'll have a more platforms tab that you can click and find any of the apps that you uh, want to use for podcasting. Everything but SoundCloud, I think, is pretty much affiliated. So go ahead and check it out, and you can get on board with the subscription. Appreciate you guys once again for joining the podcast. We'll probably have the next one out either late Friday night after the game or Saturday morning, again, kind of the way that we did this time because it is another night game down here in the Jupiter, Palm Beach, Florida area. So we'll bring you more Cardinals coverage. Keep it locked in at bshafer12 on Twitter. Plenty to come from tonight's game and throughout the rest of spring. I'm here for a few more days, leaving in the middle of next week. But obviously when I get back, we'll be tuned in and talking Cardinals baseball all season long. Appreciate you guys once again, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.